Bros. This is the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I am Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we got a few new lines that we're going to be discussing in Funko Focus. Uh, one Marvel, one technically DC. Oh yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, we got one one movie to discuss in 4K Spotlight. Uh, and through the wall, we have we have a discussion because <laughs> there's not like you'll you'll see once we get yeah. to it because there's it's just like we don't know anything or the how real what I'm about to talk or what I'm going to talk about is. And then with Rose, we're going to talk about the uh, Adams Family 2 trailer. Yeah, buddy. And then for this week's headliner, um, we were supposed to do the Forever Purge, but due to But that some... got purged. Yeah, that got purged. <laughs> <laughs> um, but due to some inclement... Is that the right word? Inc- inclement... Inc- not increment. Dude, you did better in English than me, <laughs> so... Due to some shitty weather, <laughs> there we go. Uh, some movie theaters were closed in my area, and I was not able to go and see it. Dude, I still can't believe that happened. Like that never happens in Utah if there's a huge snowstorm. I know, right? Freaking people are just like, "Oh, come on in, come see a movie." By the time you get out, you're not going to be able to drive your car out of here, but come see a movie. Yeah, straight up. But it's like hurricane and issues like a lot of issues i've never had to deal with before (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like okay uh what do i do now (laughs) but yeah so they closed some movie theaters near me and i'm just like shit so uh we're gonna have to break that one down sometime in the future we actually moved it to uh to august so you guys get to hear our breakdown then um, but this week we're going to be breaking down Nobody, which if you guys have not seen this movie, freaking go check it out. It's pretty good. It's well, pretty badass. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what we'll, we'll that is what we will be doing this episode. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Crash, host of the podcast Crash and Taz's Movie Seller. On our show, me and my co-host pick a new movie each week and rate each movie on a few categories that we think are important to making a great movie. After we rate the movie, it gets a final rating, and that lands it somewhere on our seller scale, where it will get labeled as either a well, premium, or a top shelf film. Catch us on platforms like Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, as Crash and Taz's Movie Seller. It's Crash, the letter N, Taz Movie Seller, with underscores in between each word. And on Facebook, Crash and Taz Movie Seller. Uh, where you, as a listener, can suggest movies for us to rate. And also give us some constructive criticism to make the show more entertaining. Overall, don't forget to follow or subscribe and rate and review us. And get ready for an entertaining show with us. See you guys then. Alrighty, first up in Funko Focus, we have a couple new lines that we're going to discuss. Uh, the first one is coming from the What If line. And these 
are super freaking cool. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Yeah, I didn't have one like particular figure that I wanted to discuss. Like, I try to limit it to one. Like, I try. I, uh, I don't know. The one that strikes out to me the most is based on the fact that I'm amazed it took them this long to do this character in this form of pop, if that makes sense. Uh, With the what if? Yeah. Which figure are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about Thor. Thor? Yeah, with him spinning, like you actually get the spinning hammer effect. Oh. Oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's super cool. Right, yeah. I'm just amazed it took us this long to actually get that effect on a Thor Funko Pop. Yeah. Alright, um, so we got a few, like, I'll go through them really quick. Um, we have Captain Carter. Uh, a common where she's just normal standing pose. Gamora uh, with Thanos armor. Or, well, is this really Thanos armor? I do not know. That's a good question. Yeah, I think the way they describe this is uh, Gamora, th- uh, daughter of Thanos. But she embraces it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, okay. I'm betting that's what the, what the case is. This one's just super basic pose with a uh, propped up by her sword. Then we have uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord, which looks freaking awesome. Uh, this one, he's I'm assuming he's gliding or using his boots to hover because uh, he's on a stand. I mean, from the looks of it, it looks like the boots are giving off like a uh, blast, um, whatever, blast fire. Yeah. That's not the word, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, so we have that where he is masked as Star-Lord. Uh, we have, I'm assuming this is a dark Doctor Strange. Um, it's just like really dark colors, not like the typical colors that we're used to seeing with Doctor Strange. I uh, love the cape so much, though. Oh, it looks so good. Like it, I love like it's like a a royal purple with like a gold border. Yeah, Ugh, it's it, beautiful. Yeah, it looks so good. Uh, then we have a supersized ten inch. I don't know what you're gonna call this. Iron Steve Rogers. Please tell me that is not what they're calling it. No, I, I have no Rogers? idea. Iron Rogers? Iron Rogers, yeah. I'll, that's what I'll call it. It's basically <laughs> okay. a big-ass freaking Iron Man suit that Steve Rogers pilots. And it looks freaking... Pretty, it looks pretty cool. It looks like it just does. like a giant mech. Um, And then for, with the exclusive, we have a Target exclusive uh, King Killmonger. Uh, where it's Eric Killmonger in a black and gold uh, Black Panther suit holding the head of... I'm assuming that's Ultron? That's, it looks like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Ultron. Yeah, a box lunch exclusive uh, Star-Lord T'Challa, which I don't know what the difference is. Maybe this one's metallic? 
I don't know, because, yeah, I see no... Di the only difference I see... I think you're right on the metallic, because the helmet does look a lot darker. At least the gold. Yeah, so that's what I'm assuming it is, that the mask is just metallic. Uh, we have a Walmart-exclusive party Thor, where he has like a bit of more of a golden armor. Uh, sleeveless, clean-shaved, and he's holding a, a goblet in one hand and spinning it Mjolnir in the other. I love it. Yeah, and you get to see that effect, which... Rose pointed out it looks super dope. Yeah, they did a really good job on it, actually. They did a really solid job. Um, we have an FYE exclusive to Chala Star Lord where he is unmasked in a standing pose. Uh, a GameStop exclusive Captain Carter where she's in more in a battle stance, and then a Amazon exclusive Gold Dark. Uh, Doctor Strange, where all the gold on his cape and his uh, bracers and kind of a little bit on his belt, they all glow like a really dark orange. Yeah, it's so pretty. It looks so cool. If I do get like the, if I was to choose between the two, I would definitely get that one, the glow in the dark. And you don't have to worry about it coming in good condition. That is very true. Know, I mean, Amazon has gotten better at that, but they are still sometimes notorious for beat to shit boxes. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I didn't have one that like stuck out in particular for me. I uh, just thought they were all super cool. We also got the trailer for What If today, which I didn't have a whole lot to say, which is why I, I I'm not. I wouldn't have discussed it in Through the Wall. It's um, hard to like touch upon like one single thing in it because it's literally just a bunch of things thrown together it's really not giving you a story which is understandable because it's all it's like a whole bunch of different stories and it's really hard to put that all together in a two minute um preview yeah i think the only thing that i i have to say about the trailer that ties into to these is it seems like all of the stories tie together which is awesome i love that yeah like they showed a really cool transition of the avengers in new york when they were doing that spin around and then like this transition and it was like the guardians of the galaxy but if you pause it you can see uh black panther in the background which if you if you pay attention at all uh eric killmonger is black panther that is true and then there's like other situations where you've seen like captain carter in the background and i was just like what the hell like all these tie together and in that um in the one shot where, how you're talking with like how it goes from the avengers six to the guardians yeah um isn't Gamora holding Thanos' uh, sword? Yeah, he she is. Yeah, that freaking threw me through a loop. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Shouldn't it also be a lot bigger though? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Like, I feel like something Marvel kind of messes up a little bit is the scale yeah, of something. Not the best on size proportion. 
Yeah, like, like with Hulk in particular, <laughs> like I feel like his sizing has been off. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, which I could bitch about all day long. Um, but I have a feeling that this is just a small taste of what figures are going to be coming out from this line because there is a there's going to be a ton it's gonna be interesting it really is yeah so that's all i really got to say about the the what if um if i had to choose well actually the only one that i do want is the uh is the common captain carter i think like just the the superheroic she kind of has her foot up on a on a rock so she's kind of has like that captain morgan stand a little bit yeah but just holding the shield looks super cool um, it does and i, I prefer really that stance way over the the gamestop exclusive battle pose no that's fair i can understand that yeah so out of all of these that's probably the one that i'm gonna try and pick up nice very nice. Um, for my Funko Focus, uh, uh, they uh, recently announced uh, some new figures they are adding to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line, the live-action line, I would call it. Um, so these are from the second Ninja Turtles movie, The Secret of the Ooze. And so they're releasing new ones of the four turtles, as well as... Uh, some shredder uh a new shredder and then uh toka and razar from the sequel and i freaking love these figures um so leonardo is uh in kind of a fighting pose while holding a uh a uh a thing of the uh the ooze what is it uh t i think it's like tgri i think that's where they're getting the uh the green mutagen in the movie, I think it's TGRI. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's just yeah. like the the small canister of ooze. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mikey is holding the uh, box of donuts that they use to try to uh, get uh, defeat Toka and Razar when they have him eat them, but then they realize that they're uh, they're filled with like pills and shit that will make them like not big anymore and it blows up in their face and it's freaking hilarious and i love that they chose that one for mikey uh raf is honestly i feel like kind of the boringest one most would say donatello but not for me uh raf is kind of just like in a battle like fighting pose um he looks awesome but this is kind of boring but donatello is my favorite one because so he's standing with his finger his right finger pointed out and if anyone has seen the sequel this is taken from the clip at when they're at the toy store at the beginning and there's this like a clown uh thing clown figure that is like swaying back and forth and donatello's just like yeah i'm gonna take advantage of that so he takes that out and gets on the contraption and is just like swaying back and forth and keeps poking the one of the foot soldiers and it's just like freaking messing around with him and i love it it's one of my favorite scenes with donatello in the movie so if i still collected funko pops i would totally get this one and i'm like so tempted to get it just because i love this scene so much and they did it's so simple but i love it so much 
I love this style of Ninja Turtle enough. One, I think if I once I collect or get all of the the new Marvel figures that I've been wanting, I think I'm going to go and try and collect all the the Ninja yes. Turtles. I'm, Hell yes! Personally, this is the Donatello that I'm going to try and get. I uh, I forget what the other Raph looks like, but I'm probably going to get the other Raph. Probably going to get the other Leonardo, and I'm probably going to get the other Mikey. Because I want to say the other of the three, don't they actually have their weapons pulled out? Yeah. Okay. So, so honestly, I'm probably going to get the other, the all the, basically the, all the others except for Maybe Donatello. Gonna Donatello, I'm gonna Donatello in the Donatello. back with his finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I could make a contraption to where he's just like keeps just rocking back and forth, I would totally do it for this Funko Pop. That would be hilarious. That would just be so great. Um, but so minus the turtles, like I said, they're doing a Toka and Razar, which look fantastic, or as some people like to say, the uh, what's what's the word? The uh, store brand, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yep, but. I mean, they were still good villains. I liked them. Um, and then we're also getting a new Shredder, which looks freaking awesome. Um, he's just like in a closed fist pose. But uh, it's going to have two exclusives. Um, one is going to be, I'm assuming the Target exclusive is a metallic one. Yeah. And then the Funko Shop exclusive not only glows in the dark, but he's also holding a canister of the ooze. So it's different than the common one. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that one. I'm not either. Because, like, honestly, adding the glow effect kind of, like, ruins the... It looks like he has a mouth. A little bit, yeah. It like, that's... I think if you, were to, if, if you were to just go in and repaint that to fill in the, the slots in his mask, that would look pretty badass. Yes, It's I just, agree. like, he kind of looks like a... A Digimon character. Yeah. I want to say this is actually supposed to be Super Shredder. Just because the way that, like, I don't know, the way that, like, because he's clenching his fists and it looks like he has a lot more, like, muscle build. I want to say this is supposed to be Super Shredder. I want to say Super... that about all of those. No, yeah, no, I agree. Um... It's just weird that, I don't know, it kind of sucks that, like, Super Shredder was in the movie for, like, what, like, freaking 30 seconds? Yeah. Bullshit. But, but still, but, like, pretty bitchin' figure. The, okay. I, the glow-in-the-dark one is the only one that I have a, an issue with. And that's yeah, just no, the... because it looks like he has, like, a smiling <laughs> mouth. He looks like the freaking Scarecrow. He does! Yes, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. He straight up does. I mean, they both are DC, so I guess they can't really get in trouble for doing that. <laughs> True. Um, but, freaking awesome. Um, you got anything else to say about these figures? Uh, no, other than that Donatello is like really tempting me to come out of retirement, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so moving on to 4K Spotlight, we have one new, uh, one one new movie coming out this week, and it's one that we've actually talked about before. Yeah, boy. So, um, the number, the one movie releasing this week is the newest Mortal Kombat film. 
So this will be releasing on 4K and regular Blu-ray. Um, and then it will also be getting a Best Buy exclusive steelbook. I'm really glad I pre-ordered that bitch because um, it's already it's saying that it's it's sold out. But whenever I've noticed this in the past, whenever they say, "Oh, you know, like pre it's you know sold out," it comes back into stock on the actual day that's supposed to release, and then it sells out after that. Bro, I hate Be Best Buy's like system for like selling out because like they'll say, "Oh yeah, it's sold out," and then it comes back into stock, and then it sells out again, and then like a couple days later, it goes back into stock for like a couple hours, and then it's out of stock again. But then it's completely out of stock. Dumb. It's stupid. <laughs> the worst but, so yeah not like, like i said i'm glad that i pre-ordered the steelbook because um i was a when they did before this new one came out they did like a uh two pack of the original two mortal kombat movies on steelbook so i was actually able to get that so that's going to go perfectly with this new steelbook so i am one happy person so or one happy camper so yeah if you guys want to pick up mortal kombat this tuesday be sure to head to wherever you buy movies. And what's interesting is it's no longer a Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital copy. It's just a Blu-ray plus digital copy. Hmm. Looks like Warner Brothers is uh, starting to uh, get out of that area. Noise. Hmm. Alrighty. Uh, moving on t to our through the wall. Oh, did you have anything else to say? Uh, sorry, one more thing. Uh, the newest SpongeBob movie also comes out that day. So is that the any... Sponge on the Run? Yeah. So if any of you want to go pick up Sponge on the Run, Sponge on the Run, there you go. Although it's stupid, it's just a Blu-ray plus DVD. It's not. It doesn't have a digital copy. What? That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. I can't remember the last time it was just that. Freaking stupid. But sorry, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to Through the Wall. Uh, we're going to start off with mine because I don't know how much we're going to have to talk about with this. Um, so it was announced, a, I want to say, a pretty long time ago. I think it's been a few years now. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think this news came out in, like, 2018. Um but Nintendo announced that Illumination was going to be working on a Super Mario movie. And I thought that would they that would be the studio they chose for it. Yes. So I don't know if these are real or not. They look super real and there have there's been one website uh in Ven Global which is a e-gaming community they have posted these posters that got released it's a mario and luigi poster and i don't know if they're freaking real <laughs> if they're not god damn whoever did these you are super convincing super freaking convincing dude what freaking throws so the one thing that makes me think hey maybe this might be fake is at the top where it says from the creators yeah from the studio that brought you despicable me despicable me is in the most basic ass font that you could possibly imagine 
And so I'm like, I don't know if Illumination would do that. But then they have like the Mario logo, like they have Illumination Presents Super Mario in theaters 2022. And so I wouldn't have thought anything of this, but they have the little freaking water notes at the bottom where it has like Nintendo and some of this other shit on it. And I'm like, balls this might be real yeah dude yeah that was like one of the biggest selling points for me too like like you said there's the nintendo logo they even have the universal logo down there just ah. yeah so it's just a the back like all you see is the back of mario and luigi like half of the back and mario's is like completely in red and it says let's go and then luigi's says okie dokie classic Super classic. Love it. And uh, like th- this poster is, is throwing me for a loop because it's like I want to believe that this is real. In my soul, I want to believe that this is real, but it's just I, I'm so close to not buying it. I don't know. I like for me, I'm like ninety five percent sure that they are fan made, just because I feel Illumination or Universe would would have announced these for how like how for how like hyped up this movie is probably gonna be. Um, I feel they would have already put these on their social media. You would think, right? I mean, I would hope. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, we have no idea because there's only been one website that's posted them. Two, if you can't read it, but I don't. Fair. And it's just like, it looks super good. Like you can see like the fabric or the, uh, the pattern of the fabric in Mario's hat and his shoulder. But what throws me off is like, if you look around like the art, the curvature of his arm, there are areas that are like flat. Like almost like they went in with like a lasso tool and just kind of like did a really quick click around. I didn't notice that. Here, I gotta pull this up. Yeah. I only noticed this because I've used that You're method like, before. You don't really notice it as much with Luigi, but it does kind of have it really close to his glove. But it's super easy to miss because it's just like the curve, like how his hand is pushed up against his hip. You, it couldn't make that 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 sharp angle. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's like the same issue. And then with Mario, like if you look. just on the full curvature of his arm where his elbow should be, there are areas where it's like super flat. So it's like, that's what I'm not completely buying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm actually seeing it more so like on Luigi's arm. Cause I feel like there's like, it starts like this and then just goes like whoop and then back. Huh? Yeah. I mean, from a dis like I saw these on Instagram, which were posted from Reddit, and then f- from Reddit I was able to look, and it was on this Invent Global. So no one's really announced anything, but these are like super cool posters. If these are real, if not, if I'm, these aren't I'm kind of re- bummed out. 
if these aren't real, Illumination, just remake these and make them real. Because <laughs> these are great teaser posters. Yeah, right? Or, like, just, like, find whoever made these and just buy it off of them. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, don't just remake them and, like, take away this person's credit. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, yeah, they just re- do, and do one for do the same thing with, like, the other characters. Like, do one for Toad. <laughs> yeah, do one for Peach, Daisy, Bowser. Yeah. Or, uh... Yoshi? Yeah, I don't know who... Yeah, Yoshi, if he's gonna be in it. I mean, hell, let's even throw in Wario and Waluigi. Why not? I don't know how many characters they're really gonna squeeze into this one, but we'll see. Yeah, so, like, there's so many freaking pictures. Like, I just searched Illumination Mario movie poster, but there are so many posters of, or, like, pictures that I've seen of who's playing who. And there's, like, there's one for, like, a fan casting of, like, all the characters. And, yeah, they spelled one wrong. Um... So they had Will Ferrell as Mario. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, and then Chris Pratt, or it says Chris Pat, but I'm Chris Pratt as Luigi. Uh, can't we just like bring in like the guy that actually does the voice of Mario and just? I feel like that would be annoying. But that's Mario. I know, I know it's Mario, and it kills me to say that. But I feel an entire movie of the actual Mario and Luigi voices could be annoying. And th- what throws me off, we've never heard Mario talk in full sentences. I mean, you have if you watch the Super Mario Brothers uh, TV, uh, animated show. I thought you were going to say the movie, and I was no, about to movie. like fly to Utah and beat your ass. No, no, the animated show. <laughs> um, the other castings I don't, I don't particularly hate. Uh, Anna Kendrick as Peach. I would actually like Anna Kendrick more as Daisy. Eh. Yeah. Well, then they put Kate Mitch. Miss Misuki Miss Shit. Um, I don't know how to say her name. Michu Michuchi. Yeah, dude, you got me. <laughs> okay, she is in. Uh, she is. She. Uh, gosh, damn it. <laughs> I can't freaking oh, speak. Um, I mean, I only know her from the Big Bang Theory. Okay, yeah. So they had her as Daisy, which I, I think maybe you could I, swap them. You could, but then at the same time, I actually don't hate that casting for Daisy. That's really good. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, then they. <laughs> They have Kevin Hart as Toad. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Which would be not awful. <laughs> no, that's... I mean, that just makes sense. Nothing against Kevin Hart's voice. But, like, 
come on. <laughs> yeah, and then Jack Black as Bowser. Yes. A thousand <laughs> times yes. <laughs> Casting Jack Black as anyone I will be behind. <laughs> Dude, that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at other possible like castings just just for shits and giggles um one of them has oh shit what's his name josh gad voicing mario hmm i mean do you see josh gad more as mario or luigi honestly either yeah fair fair enough Let's do the whole like Beauty and the Beast thing with Gaston and LeFou. Let's have, let's have Luke Evans play Luigi and then Josh Gad play Mario. There we go. Oh shit. This okay, this one is not a super bad casting. Okay, I know we're get, we're getting like super off topic. <laughs> 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 like but I can't help myself. Um, okay, do you remember the guy that is Newt's friend in, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him? He, did they cast him as Mario? Yes, they did. That is perfect. And they chose Andy Samberg as Luigi. God damn it, that's good too. Anna Ferris as Peach. Okay, that's growing on me more now. Amy Adams as Daisy. Yes. Patton Oswald as Toad. Yeah, that's better than Kevin Hart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're you're probably gonna love this as much as I did. This, this is this is the reason I decided to talk about this casting. Jack Black as Wario. <laughs> yes. Yes. With Sasha Baron Cohen as Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> this is too perfect. Right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is too perfect. Uh, John Cena as Donkey Kong. Okay. Jacob Tremblay as Diddy Kong. <laughs> okay, I can get behind that. Uh, Ron, or no, I'm going to save that one. Oh, shit. What is the name of, uh... He's he's the the guy that was in Willow. Uh, he is also he played a lot of the the goblins in Harry Potter. Oh shit! Um. Oh gosh, damn it! I forget his name. Because uh, he's an amazing actor. 
Oh, War- Warwick Davis. Yeah, Warwick Davis as the professor. Yes. From uh, Luigi's Mansion. Mark Hamill is King Boo. Yeah, I I can get behind that. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried as the little uh, magic Koopa. Okay. And then Bowser, Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah, dude, this casting is literally perfect. Yeah, this is... Universal and Illumination lock these people down right now. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, and then gotten Matarazzo as Bowser Jr. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, that this is hilarious. This this is amazing. I know we'll never see this, but I want to see a Super Mario movie with this casting. Oh my. Gosh, this is incredible. Dude, honestly, if I did not read this off, I would want to do a, a Super Mario Brothers Dreamcast. <laughs> I was yeah, I was actually gonna bring that up, but honestly, I don't think I could do better than that. Yeah. It, that, that's that's too good. That would be so freaking hard. Like, this is all I hear now. <laughs> Dude, but honestly, what sold me was Wario and Luigi. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen as Waluigi's. Oh, like, I can't decide if I love that or Jack Blackmore as a Wario. I know. Just so perfect. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this was supposed to be like a super quick discussion, but easily, t- like quickly turned into more. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think you could have a lot of freaking fun with uh with a Mario casting. Yeah, you you really could. Oh yeah, you really could. Yeah, I've seen, like, a few people, like, a lot of them are trying to do, like, oh, this is, like, what it would look like as live action, but I don't think that's nearly as fun as trying to get the voices. Yeah, and we've already seen how a live action Mario movie will go, and I don't know if we really want to retread that. Yeah, that would be tough. Like, I think, I think, uh, like, if we were to ever do... A dreamcast of Mario. I think it'd just be like a super quick episode. Maybe like if we maybe we can do a bonus one someday. I'm down. Like if we ever get to it. But anyway. <laughs> so like I said, I don't know if these like I'll have Rose will post the picture or the posters on Instagram. Um, but just know, like I said, I don't know if these are real. Yeah. But I hope they it's- are. And if they're not, holy shit, they're convincing. Yeah. Uh, let us know your thoughts, if if you think they're fake or not. Yeah. Anyway, so, Rose, you had something you wanted to talk about. <laughs> Mine's not going to have as, like, cool, like, theories and stuff, <laughs> considering it's just a trailer. <laughs> um, but Thursday, they, uh, well, 
shit was it mgm they uh blessed us uh with the uh first full trailer for the adams family 2 which opens this october in theaters um so basically from this trailer i guess uh Morticia and Gomez realize that uh, Pugsley and Wednesday are starting to get older. They don't want to be around their family or their parents, you know, classic teenager kid stuff. Um, so they decide, you know what? Let's take a family road trip. And of course, shockingly, with the Adams family, hijinks is going to ensue. Um, but just from this trailer, this looks a lot better than the first one. Um, it looks like they're more so, they're actually focusing more so on the Adams family rather than human characters, because there is no bit of a human uh, character arc in this move or in this trailer. Which thank the heavens, it's just strictly focused on the Adams family and how like people around them react to them, which I freaking love. Um, and I feel probably one of Caleb's favorite things and like I appreciate it too well I don't appreciate it it's just you understand why they had to do it they actually recasted uh the voice of Pugsley it's no longer Finn Wolfhard it is now um what is it I forget his name sorry guys uh the new guy yes yeah he has a really weird name I just what is it where the hell is he? Javon Wana Walton. So yeah, I would never he, have remembered that. Neither, neither would I. Um, but he is coming back. He or he, he's not coming back. He will be playing the voice of Pugsley now instead of Finn Wolfhard, because I mean, I feel this. We probably all thought this was inevitable because Finn Wolfhard's voice is like a little too deep to be playing like a kid that's supposed to be well like eight or nine years old. Yeah. Um. So. But. Yeah. Um. I mean, at least the rest of the cast is coming back, which is awesome. So Oscar Isaac is come back as Gomez. Charlize Theron as Morticia. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester, Bette Midler as Grandma, and then Snoop Dogg is coming back as Cousin It. Dude, I freaking love Cousin It. I, I do too. I hope that Cousin It has a lot more to do in this one. I do too. He has a lot to do him. in the like the show. At least the, the bits of the show that I saw. No, he did. I mean, I like... I want to say from the live action movies, he had a lot more to do than he did in the uh, first Adams Family movie. I don't remember him being in the the first or the movies. Uh, I mean, maybe he only came in with the Adams Family values, like towards the end, because he's married. That's right. Yeah. So maybe it was only then. Yeah. So um, one thing that I wanted, I wanted, to, I f- completely forgot to like ex- point out to, or not point out to you, show you. Um, so the Adams family are taking a road trip in their RV and the RV is actually based off of the Adams family animated series. Oh, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's basically the same thing. It's like a mini version of their house on wheels. That is so cool. Yeah. So... I appreciated the hell out of that. So, 
the only reason I know about because I did not watch the animated series as a kid. Um, yeah, neither did I. I did not learn about this RV until until the like until the before since before the Adams Family movie came out. I was doing research on how the uh, the Adams Family uh, intro has evolved. And that was one of the the evolutions that they they showed was the animated series, um, hmm. yeah. And so they were like they showed that, and so I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, little RV. And then when when I saw that, I was just like, Brielle, <laughs> like <laughs> they brought the RV. Oh man! So I was like super excited for that. <laughs> no, that's. Oh. That that makes me happy that they're bringing bringing back callbacks from the original cartoon. Yeah, and it's with like the same like the the characters, how they looked in the show, or in the animated series. That's exactly how they looked in the. I think in, that was this. such a great a great creative choice. I absolutely agree. Yeah, like whenever uh, like someone comes, uh, we'll like we'll we'll be talking about the Adams family. And they'll just be like, yeah, the the way they look in the animated film is like so freaking weird. I hate it. I'm just like, if you look at the original comic strip, that's exactly how they look. Like they just took it right off the pages and put it into CGI, and I freaking love them for it. Yeah, I'm still not the biggest fan. I I I'm more I like more of a realistic figure. Like, but that's not a big a big complaint. No, like I no, can still, fair. I can still appreciate um, the characters and what they look like and all that. It's just personal preference. I, I don't care for it. No, that's fair. I mean, do do you feel this? I mean, I know it's only the first trailer, um, but do do you feel this is looking better than the first one? So much better. So much better. Like I, I'm glad that like we're finally past the people seeing who the Adams family are and like. They like kind of like not accept them, but it does. It doesn't seem like anyone's like super surprised by them anymore, and they can just be the Adams family, which is what we want. Yeah. In an Adams family movie, I don't give a shit about how humans feel about them. I could give two effing shits about that. <laughs> I just want to see the Adams family in an Adams family movie. That's all I want to see. Yeah, I just want to see Adams family hijinks. <laughs> That's not difficult exactly. to do. The only time that I was okay with a human coming into the Adams family uh, was uh, the character of Debbie in the Adams family values, because she like Joan Cusack like she freaking destroyed that role. She was yeah. amazing. She freaking murdered it. <laughs> so good. Uh... But so yeah, so this movie is opening October twenty. It says October twenty second, but I want to say they moved it up to October, uh, October second. I want to say because uh, like this and um, the fourth uh, Hotel Transylvania movie are like going at it for family entertainment this Halloween season. Because I know Hotel Transylvania 4 was supposed to come out this this July, but then like last week they decided, hey, no, actually it's going to come out this October. I hope the Adams Family freaking destroys I Hotel hope so Transylvania. 
Because I haven't even seen the um, the third one, and I really feel no need to. The only good thing that I love about this fourth one is that, unfortunately, Adam Sandler didn't come back to voice Dracula, but they brought in, his name is Brian Singer. Have you ever heard of him? His name sounds familiar. Um, he's an amazing uh, voiceover artist um, that hasn't really caught in his, uh... no, it's not Brian Singer, I'm sorry. Um, oh shit! What's his name? I know we're talking about we were talking about the Adams family, but I, we just got to bring up this thing with Hotel Transylvania really quickly. I'm sorry, Brian something. Uh, I love how he's like not even like mentioned in the top billing cast when he plays Dracula. That's kind of bullshit. <laughs> that kind of, that like kind of pisses me off. Brian Hull. Brian Hull. I am not familiar with with him. Um. So, well, I think this might be his like first big break. Um. But yeah, so like I said, he's actually voicing Dracula, and yeah, this is like literally his first big break. Um, and like anything like on the big screen. Um. So yeah, this is freaking exciting. I'm like honestly just happy for him with Hotel Transylvania Four. I could give two shits about the movie really, because I haven't even seen the third one. Um, but just the fact that they cast someone that hasn't gotten their big break yet as a character that was originally voiced by Adam Sandler just makes me so happy because his his uh, Adam Sandler impression as Dracula is spot on. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, so, sorry. Off on a tangent there. Uh, but, oh, yeah, so... Good. So he's voiced Dracula too. before in like a Hotel Transylvania short. Oh, he did. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. So this is his first time taking over the entire role. Which and he deserves really it. good for him. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should um if you get a chance you should watch the trailer and let me know what you think of his voice as Drac. Yeah, I've watched the trailer a couple times. It's just I've never I didn't. I didn't realize that they recast him. I see. I didn't either, and that just proves how good of a uh, impression he gives of Adam Sandler's Drac. That's freaking awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Um. So we'll see which one wins this Halloween season. Hopefully, it's the Adams Family too. But I mean, I hope Halloween Kills just destroys it all. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's the family entertainment everyone wants to see. Yeah, duh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Adam's Family 2. Super excited. All right. One out of ten with this. How excited are you? You know, actually, I think I'm more excited for this one than Sing 2, which I never thought I would say. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I really enjoyed this trailer. So I'm actually at an eight for this one. Damn. All yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I'm going to put myself around a seven. Oh, nice. I like it. Um, I enjoyed the original or the first one enough to be excited for this one. Yeah. And I think this one gave me just enough to get excited. And like you said, I think this one looks like it's going to be way better than the first one. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I, I want to say everyone's coming back that directed and wrote uh, the first one. So 
That's yeah. always nice. So we'll find out if it's actually better because I'm pretty sure we're going to break this one down. <laughs> I'm down if you are. Hells, yeah. Alrighty. Well, that concludes Through the Wall. So let's move on to this week's headliner where we are going to be breaking down Nobody. Like I said, for this week's headliner, we will be breaking down. Oh, actually, <laughs> one second. <laughs> we have a. Uh, we have. Have you watched Avatar yet? God damn it! No, you son of a bitch. All right. Oh, well, sh- we have another uh, bitch session for you to to listen to. God damn it! Who is it this time? Uh, you want to take a guess? <laughs> Jason. Yeah, Vic. Oh, it's Vic. Oh, I feel Vic's is going to hurt even more than Jason's. I sure hope so. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, all right. So, here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Vic. I'm from, or Crash, uh, from Crash and Taz's Movie Cellar. Um, you might also know me as the uh, the reigning champ and you know title holder of most guested uh, visitor on the All Bros show. Um, uh, sorry if I don't uh, remember anyone else's uh, names who might be uh, competing for that title. I you haven't been on enough times for me to. Remember your name. Um, Damn. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, DJ. Uh, I know we haven't met, but you know what? Utmost respect to you. Uh, I don't want you to think I'm a complete ass, which I am an ass, but it's all right. Anyways, we're not here to talk about, you know, me and all the others who are, you know, just totally lacking in uh, in guest spots on your show. We are here to discuss uh, Jonathan Rose's lack of... God, this is almost like this is almost like lacking of culture, really. Um, uh, Dude, uh, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the greatest shows that has been made. Um, And dare I say one of the most iconic shows for, uh, you know, I I would say our generation. you know this this is a show that honestly uh yes it does have a um you know it does have a like a children's rating like for television but uh that doesn't mean that it does not have some very adult um you know uh, lessons to be learned there are honestly a lot of things that in that show uh y- they leave you kind of almost soul searching, if you will. Really great, really great show. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice. Do not watch the movie. I would say don't watch the movie at all. If you've seen the movie, excuse me, if you've seen the movie, do not watch it at all. It's awful. It's trash. It's garbage. Um, it. I, I once heard somebody say, you know, that uh, it was good if they could separate themselves, separate uh 
basically their admiration for the show and and just watch it as no 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 it's not even entertaining it's really not um this is a show like yes you you should really really watch it here's the thing you on your on the all bros show you guys grade your movies on story character development um costumes and design uh, i mean effects it's kind of hard because it is a cartoon but um dare i say like the imagination that goes into this uh the story is phenomenal um they get it into three seasons or three uh three books and uh you have water earth and fire and those in each of them have their own like chapters which are each of the episodes and dude the story i mean just the story and the chap in the books alone are freaking amazing but to put those all three together and watch it, the story is amazing. Um, some parts, it's kind of like, yeah, you have to just accept that it is, you know, a, uh, a cartoon show. But, oh my God, the, uh, dude, the, the character development that you are missing for Aang, the character development that you see from him from start to finish is very very great um other characters like zuko who has a night and day difference um man i like you literally see these characters just grow emotionally and um it is just something that man you are you ought to kick yourself in the ass for it man uh i I'm going to agree with what Caleb had said before. Um, there are some parts where in the first book, it might be a little rough. Like the first couple of episodes might be a little rough. But once you get past those, like, trust me, it is worth the watch. And it's one where, like, I I can never just watch a single episode of this show. Um, so, dude, get off your ass uh watch this show and and you know get with the times man get with the times appa you are not going to like dude you're gonna want to like have your own appa okay or a momo uh, i agree with dj dude if you do not want uncle iroh to be alive and your actual uncle by the end of this series then dude you're I don't know what the fuck you're watching, but dude, you've got to check this show out. It is amazing. Um, so yeah, get off your ass and fucking do it. Let's go get on it, man. Get on it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Dude, he is he is just he is preaching. He is preaching the <laughs> truth. And now you have to watch six episodes before I'm satisfied. Okay, fine. Yes, sir. Dude. Just do it. Get off your ass and freaking do it. <laughs> well, I kinda have to be sitting on my ass to watch it. I don't give a shit how you watch it. Just freaking watch it, man. You have no excuse. Yes, sir. Um, one thing that I, 
like, so, have you saw Mandalorian, right? Or did you continue that at all? No. No? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so Dave Filoni, who worked on, or who has been working on Star Wars since forever, he actually helped uh, in the writing room with a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, shit. So if you like his his storytelling, you're going to love this show. And okay. one thing, I don't think anyone's mentioned this yet. I'm, I, I doubt it. So Avatar was set to only be ever three seasons long. And it, like, the overarching story was going to be Aang faces the Fire Lord. Like, that's what it, it leads up to. That is what, okay. the ser- like, the beginning of the series to the end of the series, that is everything that it leads up to. Um, The reason, there's a reason people don't like The Legend of Korra as much as Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's because when they... They greenlit Avatar The Last Airbender. They got greenlit for all three of those seasons. So they knew like they were going to be able to tell that entire story. And so when they finished that story, they're just like, okay, we don't have re- anything to really work with now. And so it was just like... We- it, it went on too long before they brought up Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. And so when they did Legend of Korra, and they started working on that... Uh, Nickelodeon was only green lighting one season at a time. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, and so the people that were working on the show, they're just like, well, we don't want... Like, we don't know if this is going to be picked up for multiple seasons, so we're not going to waste our time and only tell like one big story that we're probably... there's a decent chance we're not even going to get to finish. And so they wrote a story for the first season that was just like, it was okay. And then it just like, and then like the same thing. So when they got greenlit for the third season, they, they're just like, or the second season, they're just like, okay, this is absolutely the last time that we can do this. So they wrote an insane story. Like it was a like a big story, and then like the the third season when they got greenlit for that, they're like, "Bah!" Like <laughs> we kind of effed up, guys. <laughs> and so they wrote another story, and it just it just fell so short. And so, well, so does the second season of uh, Legend of Korra like end in like a good way to where like there didn't really need to be a season three? That's how they ended every season. Oh, okay. They ended every season like it was the last season. Yeah, if only they could have just been like, hey, you know what, Nickelodeon, we're just going to stick with one season. If only they could have done that. Yeah, well, they, they wanted it to be three seasons, but Nickelodeon was never going to greenlight it. Which makes no sense, considering from what I've heard, Avatar The Last Airbender had gave Nickelodeon amazing uh, viewership. It did. It absolutely did. Um, but they just it. It was the fact that it was so long after Avatar: The Last Airbender. 
Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then I think Nick was having some financial struggles, so they weren't greenlighting seasons ahead at at a time. They were okay. they were paying season to season. Okay, gotcha. That that makes sense. Yeah. So, like the last Airbender does not have this issue at all because it they greenlit three seasons and they released three seasons. So everything that you see is the creator's vision from beginning to end. Okay. And they yeah, you need to watch it, dude. You need to freaking watch it and I'm going to harass you until you watch the first 6 episodes. <laughs> yes, sir. It is such a good freaking show, dude. Such a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's how I'm going to fill that question of the week time because we did not ask a question of the week because we changed our movie at the last minute. Yeah. Um, so, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final All Bros letter grade. Uh, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. Uh, and then all of that magic math gets added up, gives us an average, and that average gives us our letter grade. Um, so if you have not seen Nobody... You're a nobody. I'm yeah. Kidding. And you need to go watch it <laughs> because it is an amazing watch. So, uh, with that, we are going to begin our favorite segment, Reading with Rose, with two E's, as Rose reads us the synopsis okay. of the movie. All right, Jonathan, you're not going to mess it up. You're not going to mess it up. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Hutch Mansell is a seemingly ordinary man. He has two children with his wife, Becca, and has an unremarkable job as an office worker in his father-in-law, Eddie's metal fabrication company. The tedium of his life is slowly grinding on him. One night, an armed man and woman break into his house, and his son, Blake, tackles one of them. Hutch is reluctant to intervene and allows the thieves to leave. The incident causes everyone to think he is a failure. Hutch contacts his half-brother Harry on a hidden radio in his office and explains that he held back because the burglars were desperate, scared, and using an unloaded gun. Later that day, his daughter, Sammy, asks for help finding her missing kitty cat bracelet, wondering if the thieves took it. Without saying a word, he goes to see his elderly father, David, and borrows his old FBI, FBI badge and gun to track down the burglars. He finds their apartment and threatens them, but when he discovers their sick baby, he leaves frustrated and guilt-ridden. The bus he takes home is suddenly stopped by a gang of thugs, and Hutch takes out his frustration by savagely beating them under the pretense of protecting a young woman. Okay, I just want to point out with this, uh, the, this scene, you know, like the, the, the goons or whatever you want to call them, thugs walk up to the bus and they're really not even like banging on the door they're kind of just like standing there by the door the lady just lets them on um 
one, I don't know why she does this because she only stopped the bus because they hit something. It's not like her bus was damaged. So she could have just kept going after she saw that they were okay. I thought they rear-ended her. No, they no, they hit something to the side. Oh. Like yeah, yeah, they hit like a, a construction area to the to uh like on the side of the road. So there was no damage done to the bus? Nope. Not from what I saw. Oh. When I watched it, I would have sworn that they they rear-ended. I don't... I mean... Oh, damn it, now you got me second-guessing myself. But, I mean... Yeah, because, way, like... Well, think about lets it. them on. Like, no, okay, well... Well, think about it. Like, what... You see what... They crashed into whatever they crashed into... And then you see Hutch like jump. Yes. Or so that's what made me think that they rear-ended the bus. Is that maybe that's like that lurched him, and so that's why the bus driver had to stop. And then they like got out and whatever. And like obviously she has to stay in the bus to report any damages. And so yeah, letting him onto the bus was kind of. I don't think her what she wanted to do. I think it was kind of her obligation. <laughs> uh, f- fair. Damn it. I got to go back and watch the movie again now. Cause, or just at least that scene to see if it actually did re the car, if the car actually did re on the bus or not, or if it like hit something on the side. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't make sense otherwise if why she would stop. Well, yeah, maybe she stopped to make sure that they were okay. Maybe. Being a good citizen. Um, where is it? Uh, so, at home, he realizes that he hasn't been actively communicating with his family and is inspired by his renewed self-esteem to reconnect with them. Uh, Harry then sends him to see a man referred to as the Barber, who provides Hutch with information about one of his victims. He is the younger brother of Julian... I'm going to butcher this to hell. Kuznazov, a notorious Russian crime lord. In retribution, Yulian sends a crew led by his right-hand man, Pavel, to capture Hutch at home. However, Hutch hides his family and kills most of the attackers before Pavel tases him into unconsciousness and captures him. Finding a fire extinguisher in the trunk of the car he is locked in, Hutch uses it to crash the car, killing Pavel and his remaining crew. Then he sends his family away to safety before set before setting his house on fire to destroy any evidence. It is then explained that Hutch is a former auditor, an assassin employed by intelligence agencies to kill people who were considered untouchable. After letting one of his targets go free, Hutch found him a year later, reformed and happily living with his new family. Wanting a life akin to his, Hutch decided to retire against the wishes of his superiors and may have overcorrected his personality to fit his new life as a family man. After buying Eddie's company with a stash of gold bars, Hutch burns the obshack money Yulian was protecting for the mob along with Yulian's art collection. Yulian angrily pursues Hutch to the factory with his men, where David and Harry show up to help eliminate the gangsters using a variety of weapons and deadly traps Hutch had set up. They kill all of the gunmen until only Yulian is left. 
Out of ammo, Hutch charges him with a claymore mine attached to a bulletproof shield and detonates it, killing Yulian. After ensuring that his father and brother escape, Hutch is arrested only to be quickly released with no charges filed. Three months later, while buying a new house with Becca, Hutch receives a call suggesting that his services are still required. In a mid credit scene, Harry and David are shown driving to an undisclosed location in an RV filled with guns. Hell yeah. Dude, this movie <laughs> was a blast. It really was. Like, I got like, and I haven't even seen any of the John Wick movies. I actually got like major John Wick vibes from this. I which absolutely is not a bad agree. Thing. Um, honestly, I felt this was more fun than John Wick. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Like I said, I haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. Yeah, I've seen the first one. And it's just like he's so he has such a sad boy energy. Mm. And with this, it definitely feels like someone that's just kind of in a rut. Like it starts yeah. off like doing like the same thing over and over again. So like I loved how it started off with like really quick bits of what his day looked like. Like it started off with like Monday and it showed everything that he did through Monday, Tuesday, same thing. Like just showed what his week was like, but really quick. Like we were already kind of in the middle of it. And then it kept doing that until the day that he got robbed. And I loved that. It just, it like pulls you in like, like, okay, like, this dude's just kind of stuck. <laughs> I felt so bad that he kept missing Garbage Day. I know, like, what the hell? Like, it... <laughs> Set an alarm in your phone. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, I totally feel for him, because, like, I definitely miss Garbage Day a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, like, it was just so so funny like he he had all this like pent-up aggression that he needed to work off and so when he like he was ready to freaking wreck a bitch with that golf club until he saw like i thought it was because until he saw that they had his kid but like we didn't realize until later like that's another thing i loved about this this did not treat us like children. No, it did not. Not one bit. Like, anytime they started doing even, like, a little bit of exposition, it got cut off by something. Like, we didn't quite know what his role was, or, like, how he knows what he knows, until he started explaining it to the guys, but right before he burned his house down. Yeah. But he, like, started to, like, explain it a little bit to the guy that he just bushwhacked in the car. Oh, yeah. And then he's, he's just like, yeah, so I, I used to do this, this, and this. And he, like, looks at him and he's dead. <laughs> he's like, uh. Damn, I was just getting to the best part. Yeah, and then he goes and does it again. He, like, that's someone that just, like, needs to get their story out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved the the mystery that they put around him like the, it still felt like we we know who he is 
by the end, we know that he's an auditor, like, top assassin or whatever. But I loved that at the end, like, we always get this, like, little bit, this little hint of of mystery behind him. Like, when he was going from tattoo shop to tattoo shop, and no one called him out on the the expired FBI uh, badge badge until he got to this last tattoo shop. And then they were just like ready to kick his ass. And then the, one of the main guys was like, saw this tattoo on his arm and he's like, Oh shit. And like run, like he's just like, thank you for your service walks out. And then you just hear him locking the door and like shutting it. And then all the guys that are left in the shop, like that watch this, like they all back off. <laughs> like I loved how their attitude change and like he goes and does that. And then he turns around. <laughs> They're just like, uh, so how can we help you? <laughs> I loved that scene so much. Like, I love that. Cause like that, like I said, that just adds like a shroud of mystery behind him, and you're just like, "Holy shit! Like, who is this guy?" <laughs> and yeah, so good. Like, it was just like little things like that that enhanced the story for me. Like, I I don't like my hand being held through a story. Especially yeah, one like I. this, where it's like, oh, like you could have done so much freaking exposition on him, but they didn't, and I loved that. Yeah, same here. Um, the story overall. So we ended up giving the story an eighty-five. So it's it's above it's an above average story. Um, it's not like. A mind-boggling story. It's 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 basic. It is a basic premise. It is, but the way that it's played out makes it good. Yeah, honestly, I think this movie really shines more in the character development area. I can definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, with with the with the story, like sticking in the story, um. It has a really good good pacing to it, with even though it's like super basic. It's it's just telling the story of how he kind of regains who his who he is. He went too far into suburban dad life, apparently, or into suburban dad mode. Yeah, like you could just you could tear this this movie down into a man loses his identity. And then finds it. Yeah. And all because of his daughter's bracelet being stolen. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, that... I loved that that was the catalyst that set him off. Yeah, like... I, it's kind of funny that, like, with John Wick, it's because of a puppy. No, this one's because of a bracelet. He's just like, hell no. That's it. Final straw. Yeah, so everyone's giving him shit, like, because he didn't protect his family properly or, or whatever. Like, let the the people go and he was like mad at himself because the way that the rock or the people broke in they used a it was a pizza box 
got caught in his... I'm not sure if they put it there or if it just got caught, like, got caught in the the, 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 in the garage door. But the garage door was open because of a, of a pizza box. And so that's why Some they... sturdy-ass pizza box. Yeah, no shit, right? And so that's how they were able to break in. And he was, like, kind of upset with himself over that. And then he was just kind of, like, submitting to all this, like, backlash that he was getting. Like, his son was straight up disrespecting him. Like, what the hell? Like, what's your problem? Why didn't you take that lady out with that golf club? Yeah. And then everyone's just like, oh, this is what I would have done. This is what I would have done. And then he goes to work, catches shit from his father-in-law, catches shit from his brother-in-law, who's just like, you need to protect my sister. And... Like, just taking all these hits. And <laughs> his daughter comes in and she's just like, do you think the Robert, like, the because they made off with, like, a few bucks. And then she's just like, oh, I can't find my kitty cat bracelet. And he's just like, oh, where was it? And she pulls the the bowl that all that money was in that the robbers took. And so he, he just, like, he like sits there for a second, turns around, walks out the door, no words, no explanation, and just goes on a hunt for these people. <laughs> oh shit. Love it. And I dude, I laughed every single time I saw the trailer for this part when he go like gets the robbers and he's like bashes one in the face with his gun. And then he's just like, where is the goddamn kitty cat bracelet? <laughs> like, I freaking love that. <laughs> yeah, I actually never saw the trailer for this movie. So I went to this movie completely blind. What did you think overall of, like, everything? Overall, I, I had a good time with it. Um, the... I don't know. It's just it's just really funny to me that that is what makes him snap back into who he used to be. Is that his daughter's kitty cat bracelet is is taken? It wasn't the money that was taken. He could give two shits about that. It's the bracelet, which you know what? Understandable because you know that meant a lot to her. Um, they even talk about she's just like, hey, we need a cat, you know. And he's like, okay, I I, I can agree with that. And I, I do love at the ending that like he actually does like find like a kitten for her, and he's gonna, he, you know, he brings that home. I'm assuming he brings that home to her. I hope he did. Yeah, you know um, damn well he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Overall, I really liked it. Um, if I had anything wrong with it, it'd probably be actually the the Russian villain. I all right of a villain um it's kind of bland like he was like very stereotype oh i'm a big bad boss man that has a bunch of henchmen and now i'm gonna kill you or like you did you messed up my family so i'm going to go after your family which Baba, uh, what's his name? Hutch actually brings up a very, I, I like his point that he brings up, you never come to another man's home. Like, we can handle it anywhere else, but you never come to another man's home, especially when his family's there. Yeah, he's just like, like you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know what? Respect. I agree with that. Um, 
But yeah, if, like I said, if I could think of like one problem that I had, it was like the whole villain situation. But everything with uh, Hutch, his character was great. Um, the the like his uh, him throughout the movie, uh, I actually like really liked um, the family dynamic he had with his family, especially his wife, uh, with him re- uh, like starting to rekindle their romance. Um, like especially that one scene because they use. Um, they usually so they sleep slept on the same bed, but they had a pillow in the middle of them. And there's one scene where she actually like takes the pillow away and is like looking at him while he's sleeping, and then she places her hand on his shoulder. And it's just a sweet, small sentiment moment, and I loved it. It's like this is so cute. Yeah, like I I freaking loved that stuff. Like you see that he's in a funk that they're in a funk because every every night that he goes to bed it's the freaking wall of pillows yeah. between them and then once he goes and freaking beats the shit out of the those guys on the bus which I loved how creative they got with that oh dude <sighs> that that scene just oh my gosh amazing yeah like one thing I I I didn't necessarily care for with John Wick is that it's just like every fight leading up to the boss fight is he just freaking destroys everyone and everything goes his way. Like very little things happen to him. Like he gets a freaking punch here and there, or he gets like sliced somewhere in the middle of the fight or whatever. Like he was dealing more damage to like all the other guys but they were freaking kicking the shit out of him, too. Yeah, like, how many freaking times did he get stabbed? Like, a lot. Like, <laughs> god damn, poor guy. Yeah, and it's just like, it, with John Wick, it was almost like he was clairvoyant with the fights. Like, yeah, just, there's like some, that. but with this, he was he would fight the guy in front of him, and then the guy behind him, or like, he would knock some dude out, take a step forward, like, over him, fight 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 and then the guy that he just stepped over would stand up and it wouldn't like he turned around and like freaking kicked his ass more he freaking got like clocked in the back of the head and he's just like ah! and then turns around and kicks his ass like i love i love that it's just like it's not so one-sided like yes. this felt like a fight that anyone could have won and or anyone could have lost yeah absolutely i agree yeah, so I loved the hell out of that that whole scene. And the way like he didn't go in like there with like the intention of killing anyone, which I'm surprised if that he didn't kill anyone. Yeah. But like there was one guy that he was like choking on his blood and so he like takes the knife, cuts a, a hole in his throat. And then sticks a straw down in there so the dude can breathe. And then so he's like yeah, breathing out of his neck. And I freaking love that that comes up like, later oh. with the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I freaking oh, dude, love. They like, pull out the straw. I'm like, I'm like, ah, got... damn, he's gonna, he's gonna do it, isn't he? He's gonna, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Slice the throat. Okay. Dude, I freaking love that the bad guy's just like. You killed my brother, and he's just like, "Yo, he was alive last time I saw him." <laughs> and he's like, "But you went after my family, like all that." And 
Like, ah, so freaking good. <laughs> like, I freaking loved this. And just, yeah, I had a freaking blast and a half with this story. It really was a fun one. Yeah. So, like I said, we ended up giving the story uh, an 85. Uh, moving on over to writing, uh, this has got an 85 and a half. Oh, hey. So just like slightly better than the story. Which, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't a hundred percent disagree with. I, I thoroughly no. enjoyed the writing. Like, I thought it was very basic, very plain, no wasted dialogue, which I appreciate the ever living hell out of. Oh no, I yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, hell, everything that was written for Bob Odenkirk was fantastic. It was like, like you said, it's 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 like basic writing, it's bland writing, but like. It's wonderful, in a way. Yeah, it it was like so good, so good. Um, like all the dialogue, like at least in the beginning, before he started getting into his groove, it was very like slow. Didn't talk very often, and then he started talking a little bit more. One of the things I really liked is the way that he was talking to his wife. After he kind of like rekindled this this fire inside him, and realized that he he really likes being an assassin, yeah. Um, I really liked that he that communication between them that felt very real. It felt like a conversation that I could have with my wife, where it's it's just like, listen, I feel like we've been like drifting apart and like i loved how when he was going through the list of things that they haven't done he's just like i don't i can't remember the last time we embraced each other like it's hard to remember the last time we kissed or and like work kind of worked his way up the the affection chain until he's just like, we haven't had sex in months. We haven't made love in years. Like, I loved how that was the top for him. Yeah. And I'm just like, yes! Like, I freaking love that! <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, I'm sorry. Like, th he's just like, kind of saying like, I understand that I've been in a funk, but this is not all my fault. And I'm yeah. sorry that it's coming off like I'm like that. And just the yeah. way that he worded everything, because that's exactly how I would say, like, if things weren't going good with my wife, that's exactly how I would word things. I would work my way up into being like, yo, I'm not getting laid, but. <laughs> <laughs> that might be too much information for some people, oh. but that's like, like I said, I loved how he, it worked that up. And then just the, the subtle things, like you said, with the, the pillow scene, uh, just the way she moved the pillows out of the way and like kind of like she was thinking about what he was saying, too. And it wasn't anything like they had a big discussion on this and then just like an epiphany for the both of them. And then suddenly everything was right in the world. It was something that she needed to reflect on herself. And we get to see that. And so yeah. I'm glad that they didn't like fill that in with unnecessary dialogue. So, 
yeah, appreciated the ever living hell out of that. And I, I gave like you gave this in the low eighties. I gave this in like the high eighties. Sorry. <laughs> no personal opinion. I don't don't blame you for anything. But yeah, that I loved love that like love that whole dynamic between the two of them i thought it was so well executed no it it really was it really was um and just thinking of some other stuff like i really love the writing for uh his dad david ah <laughs> uh, yeah can we uh, oh my gosh christopher lloyd right yep yeah can we appreciate that he came in came on for this movie dude christopher lloyd is a gem <laughs> he, he really is Ugh. just seeing him blasting people at the end with a sawed off i'm thinking that was a sawed off shotgun <laughs> yeah maybe it wasn't sawed off i don't know um it looked like a pretty like big blast back to me um but that just it shouldn't have, but that put like a smile on my face <laughs> Dude, it was freaking Call me great. sick for that, but so they have this this situation where so David's kind of like in a home more or less. Uh, so David is is Hutch's dad, but so he's in this home and he looks like he's damn near like catatonic. And then he realizes that Hutch is going out to basically rekindle this fire of a, being an assassin. And kind of like joins in on the on the the deal, and so these people come after him, and then like they come and see that like this quote unquote helpless old man, and he freaking blasts one dude in the freaking gut with a shotgun, and then he like flips the other. The dude like flips out. He shoots the other dude, and then you see the freaking helper in the, in the like the front area like comes in and like he's freaking choking the dude out in the chair and he's just like kind of moving and he's just like david like god damn it turn it down because he's like watch old westerns (laughs) are you shitting me (laughs) oh i love that so much like oh my gosh so good so freaking, freaking love that shit oh there was so much like good dialogue, good like little jokes that they threw in there. Um, but yeah, I I freaking loved every second of the of the writing. So, uh, eighty five and a half for writing. Not Moving bad. on over to acting. So who did you end up grading? Because I I only did uh, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, yeah, that that's all who I graded to. Really? And you still gave him an eighty five? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why I gave um, him an eighty five is maybe just because the um, and this might more so be on the writing is that the like some of the lines he said are like kind of just like written is so bland that even like Bob Odenkirk couldn't make them interesting. Like, do you have an example? Not at the moment that is coming to my head right now. I mean, what did you give him? I gave him a 94. Oh shit, yeah, that's way higher than me. 
Yeah. This is one of the, like, we were pretty, like, pretty close on most of them. This is one of those yeah. ones that was, it was drastic difference. Yeah. Hot damn. Yeah. Dude, um, I love, like, I love that his his performance didn't get very enthusiastic until he started be- doing the assassin stuff again and beating the shit out of people. No, that's, that, that is very true. Yeah, everything else was just very, like, almost monotone. And then it worked its way up into, like, an excited, like, someone that yeah. has, like, a, a spark or, like, a fire lit under, under them. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know why I didn't go higher. Well, damn, can I change my score? If you want. <laughs> yeah, not, let's go 90. 90. <laughs> All right, that bumps acting up to a 92. Bam, there we go. Yeah, I, like I said, freaking loved it. How energetic he was. Uh, Once he, like I said, rekindled that fire. I think it took a little long to get there. Um, no, that's fair. But I think his, like, just like the way he was able to play everything so cool, calm, and collected was amazing. Like, when he was talking to the bad guy, and he freaking brought, like, the Claymore charge. Yeah, like, holy shit. Yeah, so, like, the the main bad guy's doing, like, this karaoke, and then he, like, sees at the like when he's finished with his performance he sees hutch like sitting at a table eating a steak dinner or whatever and <laughs> he's just like dude you got some nerve like i freaking love that like you got some nerve coming here and he's just like oh yeah well, like flips up the, the napkin revealing the claymore and he's just like all right everyone out like evacuates everyone I love how the first thing the bad guy says is he's just like, you have some nerve coming here for a meal. He's just like, well, I mostly came for the show. <laughs> and then he leads into the whole bomb thing. Yeah. Like, freaking legit, man. Like, I loved <laughs> that whole interaction that the the bad guy and, and him had. Um. But yeah, I think, honestly, I would have given him a perfect score but like I said, I I've I usually put the the extras as like their own separate, and so he, that's honestly what brought the the no yeah the, I can definitely the acting agree down with that. for me. But Odenkirk was damn near perfect. <laughs> yeah, like I I think this is actually the first thing I've ever seen Bob Odenkirk in, and I'm impressed. I'm very very impressed. Yeah, honestly, this makes me want to watch Better Call Saul. <laughs> you know, you know, from what I've heard from that show, understandable. Yeah, so acting is it's now got bumped up to uh, ninety-two. Uh, next up, we got character development. So, what did you what did you think of? Um. You know, I, I feel we've kind of like touched upon like how his 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 character develops in this uh, movie. Um, I really liked it. I like how um, like like you pointed out, uh, we get to just follow his life Monday through Saturday, and just how it's so repetitive. 
He hates it. He's literally fallen into real bad suburban dad. Uh, what's the word? Um, a, like suburban dad agenda type, I guess. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, that's a good, but question. it's just, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but it's literally the exact same thing every day. And like how he points out at the end, or I think it's towards the end, he feels that like maybe he fought, he fell a little too hard into that kind of life and kind of, uh, when he got out of, uh, the work that he was doing before. Um, but I, I love what brings him back is the kitty cat bracelet of trying to find that for his daughter and just how it escalates from there with um, him almost killing that one guy's, uh, the, the bad guy's brother, which I would have thought that um, the uh, kid would have been his son, not his brother. That kind of like. That's uh, what I thought, too. I was yeah, just like, like oh, bullshit. you bushwhacked That's his son. son. But no, he's yeah. just like, it's your brother. And then all the other bad guys were just like, dude, you don't even like him. <laughs> yeah. So. But. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, that arc to realizing that he actually missed, uh, this line of work and rekindling with his wife, with his kids, just I, solid character arc. I, I, I really did like it. Yeah. Like, I really, really liked seeing that. Like, it's just cause the, the rut happens. Like, mm-hmm. I think in anyone's life, like even in ours, like we could easily get stuck in a rut yeah do we talk can we talk about a quarter life crisis yeah no shit right (laughs) but it's like a real thing and then it just takes that one thing to get you out of it like honestly i think before we started the podcast i was in a bit of a rut no i i mean if we're getting like really serious here, I I come in and out of mine like quite often, and I hate it. Um, but I would absolutely agree that this podcast has really helped me through the tough times with it. Yeah, it's amazing how much a podcast can actually really help your mental stability. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like little things like that. It's just. I love that it wasn't some big thing that just set him off. It was just a little thing. It was just his daughter, or he thought the robbers took his daughter's bracelet. And I love that he ended up finding it, like, just somewhere random. It was, like, what, underneath the cabinet? Yeah, I th- or was it under the couch? I think it might have been under the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Like, after he killed all those guys and, like, he's about to set the house on fire, he's just like, yeah, he, like, finds another guy. He's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> he's just like, there's that little stinker. I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> this uh, all could have been avoided if you would have looked under the couch. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I love that it wasn't. I love that. <laughs> I love that he found it. Yeah, you be both. Like almost kind of like, oh, would you look at that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved seeing that progression, like just him getting out of the rut, clearing things up with his wife, or like just trying to like rekindle things. 
And I love that, it, like, at the the end, it wasn't, like, a perfect, like, all, like, they weren't so lovey-dovey with each other. It felt almost like a new relationship, kind of. Yeah, it honestly did. And I like that even more, actually. Yeah, like, that felt, everything felt very um, organic. With, yes, with that. absolutely. Like, it absolutely. didn't feel like, oh, they're suddenly, like, head over heels in love with each other. Like, I think you could have easily thrown in, like, a crazy, passionate, like, love scene with them. But I'm, I'm glad so glad didn't. that they didn't. It's just like, yeah. okay, we're not there yet. Like, we're still, we're trying to get to know each other again. And, yeah. So, I I have appreciated the hell out of that. Um... And I love like how self aware he was. Like like you said, when he's saying that he's he's like, Okay, I might have overcorrected. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I freaking appreciated the hell out of out of his his arc. Um I do think that there were like as much as I appreciate it, I don't think it was like a crazy amazing inspirational arc so that's kind of why i ended up giving it um what i ended up giving it i gave it an 87 you ended up giving it an 82 which i mean i could you can make the argument for that so the character development is sitting at an 84.5 which i'm more than happy with i i am as well yeah um Next, one that we're going to have a freaking discussion on, <laughs> uh, effects. So I went super high with the effects. Like, I was mid-90s, and you were at down do? at 80. So explain yourself. What the? What the hell? What? That's all I gave it? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, beats me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I got to change another one. I'm not even going to try to explain myself with that. <laughs> uh yeah, that's bump jump into a 90. A 90? Noise. Yeah. Th- okay, dude, so that, now that it's up to alone. a 90. Yeah, 92.5. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude, that bus scene alone deserves a 90. Yeah, no shit. That's what I was thinking. I'm just like, what <laughs> what movie did he watch? <laughs> Maybe it was, um, I mean, maybe it was John Wick. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So there was a a decent amount of effects with this one. A lot of um, just like bullet impacts, bullet shots. Um, I think everything looked really, really good. I think they could have gone really excessive with the gore. And I'm really glad that they didn't. I am too. On I actually was impressed of how good they made the car chases look in this movie. Yeah, those looked really good too. Yeah, one at the end, wonderful job. Like hold the freaking when he like uh, pushes his seat all the way back and he's uh, shooting the people that uh, are in the other car. That shit was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Freaking breaks off the rearview mirror just to be able to see who's. Uh, like who's like really behind him? Freaking loved that. <laughs> Just, I loved how like creative he was. Yeah, 
I loved that. Like, like when he was, uh, when he was caught in the, um, in the trunk with those people and he like finds the, the fire extinguisher, he finds like the emergency latch. He's like, okay, that works. Um, like finds the extinguisher and then kicks the dude. So he's like stuck. And then he like just sprays the freaking, (laughs) like that's genius. (laughs) It is because I love the joke that they kind of go with that when he first, uh, I mean, um, when he first goes to open the trunk and like see, and he's just like, yeah, we're moving pretty damn fast. I ain't going to go that route. Let's go the fire, st- fire extinguisher way and get this car to actually slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like everything looked so good. The only, so the only reason that I feel like I docked, was because of the the blowback from the weapons. Okay, that's fair. And I will say that, like, it, I would have docked it a bit more had it been, like, with the handguns or whatever, but all of the blowback was done with, like, high-power shotguns. Yes, yeah. So I think had... Had the blowback be with any other weapon, I would have docked it more than I did. But because it was only the shotguns that happened to do this, very happy with with what they did. Um, my favorite effect though was when he went to kill the bad guy with the claymore. Yeah, that did look like the uh, yeah the prosthetics and the blood on. Whatever the hell the bad guy's name is looked super, super good. Yeah. So I, I loved, like, so for those of you that have seen it or haven't seen it that still chose to listen to this, <laughs> um, he takes some duct tape and tapes the freaking Claymore to some bulletproof glass and then uses that bulletproof glass as a shield and then charges at the bad guy and pulls it Pulls the charge with his teeth. And then you, like, it's so cool because it's, like, in slow-mo and you see the explosion pushing everything forward. So you see it blowing the bad guy back. But then you see the pressure also pushing backwards so it blows uh, Hutch back as well. And I freaking loved that. Um, And all of the other kills during that scene looked really solid. Um, another one of my favorites was the, the freaking shotgun shells on oh, the door. Yeah. That was, that was, oh, so good. It was, it really was. Yeah. They just freaking improved the freaking saw trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So he has like the, the shotgun with a mouse trap, and the mousetrap gets set off and it blasts the the shotgun shell and so he does it on a door and so the guy's like slowly opening up this door and it's not going to shoot the guy like right in front of the door it shoots the guy off to the side of the door (laughs) and so that guy's like oh shit and then he like like looks at the guy that just got blown apart with the the shotgun shell and then he just pulls a pistol and shoots him in the head i'm like yes like (laughs) i loved the creativity of all of this, like all the different so effects good. that they did, all the different kills. I loved 
every single second of it, and that's why I ended up giving it as high of a score as I did. No, that that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, any effects that stood out to you? Not like huge. Um, I I feel the biggest one that still stands out to me is literally everything that happens on that bus. That that scene alone is just amazing. Yeah, the stunt work in that man. Holy shit! For real though. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. Thinking of one, another one. I forget what's happening, but it's when his uh his brother was just like he's doing the whole uh ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying such and such, and then like freaking like slams down on a stapler. And do you? I forget. Do you remember what happens to the one of the guys when he does that? Oh, so yeah, he runs in this room, gets caught in like a barbed wire trap. And is like trying to like force himself out or like muscle his way out, but can't because barbed wire. And yeah. so his brother comes, hits the stapler, and it flings him out the window That's by the feet, and it like yeah. turns him into like a human wrecking ball. And dude, that was insane. That that was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, good choice. Thank you. Oh, I freaking love that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, now that we're done, like, <laughs> just freaking coddling this one a little bit, uh, or this category. Uh, so we get gave effects in ninety two point five. Uh, moving on over to music, we are sitting at a nine. Hell yeah! Yeah, I gave this one a perfect ten. But like Fair we enough. we we round down on this show, yeah. Um. So yeah, I ended up giving this a a perfect ten because I just think the music that they chose was just so good. Like it just even the lyrics they nailed the the lyrics down too of oh yeah what was going on in the in the story. I mean everything. Yeah, no, I agree. Like honestly, like throughout the movie, I was at an eight because music choices they made were super solid. But when they used "Heartbreaker" for that um, chase scene at the end, I'm like, yeah, this is getting boosted to a nine. Um, I never thought that that would be a perfect choice for a car chase, but it was, dude, so freaking good. And I love that that was the it. song that played when his neighbor drove off. Yes, I loved that. That that was a very good uh, nod back to the beginning of the film, dude. I freaking love. Like this was something that I I feel like I docked for writing, but I hadn't. I I didn't dock it as much as I probably would have in any other movie. Um, anytime like he when he got in the car and just repeated the exact same line that his neighbor said to him. Uh, that like I almost docked for that, but I'm just like he did it in like such like almost a quiet tone. Yeah, oh, that I that's what saved that. it. Yeah, it I freaking like he talks about like he jumps in this his neighbor's car, and he's like starts listing off all these things that his neighbor said. Like I, I don't even know. I don't speak car, 
but he's either. just like like the talking about the engine specs and whatever and then he's just like goes zero to 60 and i'm about to find f out <laughs> That's so, i love that line so much <laughs> it's such a good one and then yeah i started playing the freaking heartbreaker and you're right that song worked so well for a freaking car chase <laughs> yeah, dude, when that song started playing i'm like no they're not doing that oh i love it yeah freaking freaking a man um yeah such a great soundtrack it it really was. It was so good. Like I, I want to go and and download the the soundtrack because of this movie now. Dude, I downloaded um, Heartbreaker right after the credits started rolling. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, music uh, sitting at a solid nine. And even though I did give this a perfect ten, still very happy with a nine. Like it was like I was on the fence on with nine and ten. So this Not is like fair. with me, it was a soft ten. So yeah, it. I, I'm happy. I'm happy with a nine. Not gonna bitch about it okay, too much. Good. <laughs> I love that too much. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got costumes, uh, which we both agreed, sitting at a seven. Yeah, I mean it was it, it was nothing to write home about. Um, I'll admit, I did love the jacket that Odin Kirk picks up from a. Uh, his dad's uh, closet at his uh, his place, so it was pretty bitchin' brown jacket. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not too much to say about that. Um, just yeah. very basic clothes, but it fit with the uh, the theme of the movie. Yeah. Best way to describe it. Yeah. So costume sitting at a seven. Um, getting into. Our last category, our final grade, uh, Rose. You want to take this one? I would love to. Um, so overall, I did not know what to expect from this movie, but I had a hell of a good time with it. Bob Odenkirk is amazing in this movie. Um, he carries this movie, honestly. Um, it's nothing against the supporting cast, but this truly is his movie, and he makes it his own. He's he's an incredible action star in this movie. Um, story is it's it's simple, but it's good. Uh, the way they tell it, it works. Um, but overall, I had a really good time with it. So I am going to go a solid. No, I'm gonna go a solid eighty-four. Nice. Um, I'm going a bit higher, just just a little bit. I'm I'm gonna sit at an eighty-nine. Okay. Um, I had an absolute blast with this movie. So much more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like such a treat. Like I didn't yeah, I, I did not have super high hopes for this movie. Like I honestly thought the best scene like was from the trailer and it was the like where the hell like <laughs> give me back the goddamn kitty cat bracelet <laughs> um like I'm probably going to quote that for ever now but please, please do yeah I <laughs> uh I forget how to you know, a blast with it 
you know what you should do? Sorry, really quickly. You know, with our sign-offs, you usually say deuces. You should just say that now. That's your sign. <laughs> just say, <laughs> give me back. The... <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so I'm I'm sitting at a, a very solid uh, eighty nine. Um, so adding or doing all that magic math, uh, that brings our f- personal grade for nobody to an eighty six point five, and that concludes this week's headliner and the final all bros letter grade for nobody is. A B plus. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Um, it's actually damn near in the... It's on the lower end, just out of our... Um, out of our movies, or out of our B plus movies. Um, so it is sitting at an 87%. And out of... 33 B plus movies. It is. Oh shit. One sec. It's 26 out of 33. Okay. Yeah. So it is sitting above in the Heights, which is 86.8. Does that break my soul a little bit? Yes. Just kidding. It's like it's point two percent. It's not even yeah point two percent. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it's above <laughs> Frozen Two, which is sitting at an eighty six point five nine. Okay. Uh, it's also above the Lovebirds, which is at an eighty six point five four. Uh, the Lego Movie Two, which is sitting at an eighty six point five. Not bad. And then it's also above Captain Marvel, which is at an 86.25. All right. Yeah. Um, And then it is below Halloween by, which is at an 87.06. So it's like barely (laughs) below Halloween. Damn. And this is the 1978 version. Oh, yeah, I forgot we haven't broken down 2018s. No, we haven't. can definitely do that this Halloween. I feel, I feel we should definitely break that down the week before Halloween Kills comes out. Hell yeah. Um, Let's see. It is below Psycho, which is sitting in at 87.1. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which is sitting in at 87.3. Freaky, which is sitting at an 87.37. And then it is below How to Train Your Dragon, which is sitting at an 87.5. Okay. That's not bad. So, the margins are so close. Like, no no joke. How to Train Your Dragon and the Lego movie. It's between How to Train Your Dragon and the the Lego movie two, it is like perfectly in in the center of those because those are both like a half point away from this movie. Um, shit. 
Yeah, but the lowest movie on our B plus rating is Nightmare on Elm, and the highest is Rocket Man, which is eighty nine point nine. So, I think it has a pretty decent home. Unfortunately, due to some technical issues, Rose and I got cut off, and so I'll have to do the the outro myself um we hope you enjoyed this episode uh if you liked this and want to listen to more of our stuff we are damn near everywhere podcasts are available apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher iHeartRadio, radio public radio.com spotify and a freaking hell of a lot more uh you can also catch all of our episodes on youtube uh, be sure to follow us on social media. Um, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash theallbros. We are Twitter and it's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, our handle is at theallbros. Uh, you can DM us if you have an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us for an episode. We would love to have anyone on. Uh, be sure to follow or check out our website as well, tinyurl.com forward slash theallbros, where you can find links to everything that we do. And go check out our merch store. There's a link to it on our website, but its uh, link will be in the description, tpublic.com. Um, but yeah, so next week, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we will be breaking down Black Widow. We are super excited for, for that episode and excited for you guys to finally watch this movie. It's been forever and... oh. Yeah, it's going to be a freaking blast. Um, so, yeah, you guys can look forward to that next week. Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. And for myself and Johnny Rose, we will catch you guys next week. Deuces! <laughs>